Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for deciding to spend some time with us here today. Now, the best way to keep up to date with everything related to the show is to join our newsletter, where we also give away some free downloads and inspiration and resources based on the guests that we've had on the show, all of which can be found on our homepage, which is educationonfire.com. Today, I'm chatting to Natalie Richards, and she's worked with young people for many years. After being bullied as a teenager, Natalie decided she wanted no child to feel alone in dealing with a problem at home or at school. She set up her social enterprise, Educate, in 2014. Since then, she's enabled thousands of students to seek help and improve their mental health through the Educate Online Student Wellbeing Surveys and, more recently, the Educate mobile app. Now, this is a really important and supportive thing for so many people. But just before my conversation with Natalie, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to the National Association for Primary Education for their long-term support of the Education on Fire podcast. To get a free e-copy of their professional journal, Primary First, please go to nape.org.uk forward slash journal. That's nape.org.uk forward slash journal. Hello, Nat. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I'm really excited to learn about the really, I think, important things that we're going to be sharing today through Educate. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really pleased to be here. So what is Educate, first of all? What is it that you're trying to achieve and how are you supporting people? So Educate is a social enterprise set up about seven years ago to help schools to better understand and meet the well-being and mental health needs of their students. Um, Really set up because there's such a focus on academic attainment at school, but far too often it's difficult for schools to find really good provision around mental health, soft skills development and well-being. So we wanted to help schools to better understand uh, well-being needs and and to be able to respond to those, understanding that often uh, the things that hold children back from achieving their academic potential are are those um, areas of their lives as opposed to their academic, um, you know, what they learn in lessons or what they learn in books. Um, And what we're doing at the moment is we're taking a lot of that experience onto a mobile app. Uh, So we now have an app that we've launched to help young people to be empowered to uh, make the right decisions and access the right support around mental health and well-being. And I always think that all these things about environment aren't they they're about how people feel every day so having a class about mental health or having a class about those things outside the academic world it just doesn't really tally up because it's about how do I feel what do I need today and if I really need support where do I go to get that and I guess that's really what you're able to achieve Absolutely. So there is scope for students to focus on a very specific skill like resilience and grit or um, or confidence or self-esteem. But ultimately, you're absolutely right. Those are um, soft skills or, or life skills that they need to develop all of the time. And what they need to do is to be able to tap into resources that can help them um, throughout their educational journey and, and beyond. So you're absolutely right. It's it's not a it's you can't you can't teach these skills in an isolated fashion in the same way you can subjects on the curriculum. And so give us a bit of a history about why this is so important to you. Why did, why did you develop it? Why, why did you want to be the voice for this? 
Yeah, so if I think back to my days when I was in school, um, I was picked on and, and bullied by other students. Um, I also had some difficult um, experiences that I was going through at home in terms of, of my home life as well. And I also think about just how um, isolated I felt on lots of occasions. And, you know, I, I didn't have the vocabulary at that point to reach out to teachers. Um, teachers very much felt like they were there to teach me um, academic um, learning, didn't necessarily feel that I would have been able to sit down and talk to any of them about um, how I was feeling about the things going on in my life. So I really wanted to create a resource that would be a, able to access students wherever they are, um, which is why we chose um, a mobile app, because we appreciate that young people today spend most of their time on their mobile phones, um, and that they could access a range of supports so they didn't feel isolated or alone. And they could um, have some real support to develop the language and the confidence to reach out when they needed to, uh, whether it's to speak to their peers or to reach out to a teacher or a trusted adult um, to be able to talk through any, um, any experiences they were having. So really the, the nugget of the idea, if you like, was just my own experience and, and how I felt that new technologies that we have that exist today would have been able to help the younger me uh, when I was growing up. And I, I mean, certainly with our children, it's something that you hear over and over again. It's the fact that apart from maybe the odd teacher where they have fantastic sort of personal connections, the idea of just going up to any teacher and talking is not something which they do. Like I say, it's peer to peer. It's kind of, it's kind of working everything out almost sort of behind a curtain, as it were, to sort of, to understand what it is that you need. So um, I think you're absolutely right. I think having this way of connecting and getting all that information in a, in a more modern friendly way, like I say, is perfect. So if I have the app in front of me and I'm opening it up, can you sort of walk us through a little bit through the flow and what people would see and exactly how that support is there? Absolutely. And I would definitely invite anybody who's listening to download the app from, I'll just do a very little plug, um, from um, the App Store or the Google Play Store because it's free. It's free to download. Um, we have a free version. So I, I'd love people to do that. Uh, but yes, essentially, when you log into the app, if you've already set yourself up as an app user, the first thing you see every day that you log into the app are three smiley faces, uh, one with a smile, one with a kind of, mm, kind of in-between face and one with a frown. Um, and that's a very quick way of being being able to get a read from students as to how they're feeling that day. So it says, you know, it's, it's a difficult time at the moment. How are you feeling? And can you provide any uh, anything that you're grateful for, examples of something you're grateful for or concerned about? Uh, so that is essentially a mini mood journal. And the benefit of that is it provides real um, in um kind of in the moment feedback to schools um, uh, about how students are feeling. So that's a really valuable way for schools to be able to understand if there is something that is going on for a child that they need to intervene with. It's instant and students tend to respond very honestly to a quick snapshot of how they're feeling on any given day. Over time, it also um, would help a young person to make to identify patterns in terms of their mood. You know, is it the nights when they haven't slept very well that the following day they always feel sad? you know are there are there ways that they can start to self-soothe as well so it, it kind of builds up um, a problem solving skills as well in students um, but then they land into the body of the app um, and that's where there's a bank of resources so these are online sites videos um, and surveys all around mental health and well-being 
um, student voice, so other issues that students feel really passionately about um, that they might want to um, to support, such as the environment or, or, or campaigns around racial justice and things like that. Um, and the other thing that it does for young people is it really um, it, it helps them to um, provide feedback on any ideas that they might have so they feel that they do have a voice that they are empowered um, and that their opinions count so um, those yes those are the types of content that they can find in the app. Great and how is the app sort of directly linked to school is how does the account work how does that sort of sort of set up and only because I know that people will be thinking in terms of data protection and safeguarding and, and yeah. who, who gets access who gets to see all these sorts of things yeah no great question so there are two versions of the app so there's one that's available for free and I would definitely encourage people to go and download as I said earlier um, and in that case any of the resources that are available are resources that have been added by the educate team and the mental health experts that we work with um, and if students send a message into us we receive that and we also set any surveys uh, that we'd like students to respond to um, so if you have the school version of the app then it's the school that's on the other side of that communication channel so effectively the school is adding any videos they might have um, so um, as an example they might have an introduction to school video that's on their website they can add a video like that um, they can add um, as I said the the well-being and mental health resources they can add feedback from their students they can even mix it up and add some funny um, and engaging videos just to get students to, to laugh and feel relaxed when they go onto the app so again it's uh, the analogy that I see is it's a little bit like if you imagine a school radio station uh, where the school is broadcast casting information to student mobile phones and the and the schools for the uh, the paid version that we work with schools um, to provide um, essentially the school is deciding what it is that they want to give to the students um, depending on what best meets the needs of their specific students and they're also getting the feedback that comes back as a result so that's the experience and of course we meet all of the data protection uh, requirements we're a data processor uh, but we have an excellent team that supports us around GDPR and, and data protection compliance so uh, that's absolutely not a, a concern of any sort. Yeah no that's really clear and I think I think there are, there are three or four things there which I really love I love the fact that it's almost like um it has the same effect as for that personal um, journaling. I think awareness is such an important thing. And I know people say, oh, well, you, you should be happy all the time. You should be up all the time. And you should, But actually, that's not the reality of, of, of life, generally speaking. Like I say, for all of those reasons, a late night, a stressful situation, just life at any given time. But just the awareness that that's how you feel today. And then you can make a choice about just accepting that's how it is or is there something I can do that can help that you know am I going to make sure that tonight is an earlier night or whatever they happen to be I think just being aware of those things is a brilliant start and we know like it or not you know the app is probably um, the phone is the first thing that people are going to open earlier in the day as they're on their way to school and all of that so to have that first thing is, is obviously going to be fantastic. Absolutely. And and an add-on to what you were just saying, and I agree with every point, is just that what the app, the introduction of the app at the school does is to reinforce that it's okay to not be okay. Um, you can't be happy every day. Um, there will always be adversities that you face in life. And it's knowing what to do when that happens and having access to vital resources that is so incredibly important, um, particularly, as I said, around resilience and grit, uh, because those are the skills that you need to be able to get out of pretty much any situation that life throws at you. So absolutely, it's it's good to have those at your fingertips. Yeah, and I think certainly currently, I mean, here in the UK, we're recording here um, in this sort of second week of March as the schools are going back. And um, 
and there's a lot of talk about being behind and and various things and and lots of sort of pressure directly and indirectly about I think where pupils and children think they are at the moment and my personal feeling is is it's been a, a very stressful time in inverted commas because we've been through a global pandemic that has to be the case but one of the things which has come up quite a lot recently is the fact that people are going through stressful times all of the time you know there might be a member of the family that's ill or someone might have died or you have a health issue yourself or something like that that's happening every day for many many people it just happens to be that at the moment we're all feeling it together as a is a global nation and um and i think so it's not that everything's lost it's just that we can all identify about it in the same way and so actually just knowing that it just is what it is we are where we are we've learned what we've learned our learning situation has been very different but it just is and you know tomorrow's another day and next year will be a different year and then in the cycle of everything it all kind of works out as it should with like and like I say when you've got the resilience when you've got the idea of what it is that you want to achieve you know i think education generally is a tool to give you your voice so that you can then go into the world and create whatever that happens to be and i think all of these skills that you'd be able to give on a on a regular basis and i also love the fact that you talked about the school being able to provide what they want for their community because of course a school in the middle of scotland might be different to one in central london or in a completely different country you know all these things are going to have very different um cultural settings and also different community feels and so personalization is another key thing which comes on time and time again on the podcast and anything which can make it personal i think is then a very step-by-step friendly way to support people Absolutely. And on that last point, I think it's it's often a, about the emphasis that a school wants to see on the app. So um, some of the schools that we're working with want it to very much be around mental health, well-being and making sure that young people have that safe space to access valuable resources to support them. Um, other schools have a broader definition of, of, of mental health and well-being and want to encourage young people to talk about their own cultural experiences, um, to 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 embrace um, their you know differences between them um, to look at it as an opportunity to be able to think about topics around identity um, and and the agency they have to make changes in the world and that's why the kind of the student voice aspect of the app started to develop because some of the young people were saying for them to feel good they needed to feel empowered to do something about the environment and climate change as an example um, so yes there are some schools that choose therefore to have more of that sort of content onto the app so that it feels more um, like it's an enriching space where where young young people can can feel that they have a voice and that voice is being heard. So absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think the fact that schools can customise the app depending on their needs is incredibly, is incredibly valuable to them. And I think once children feel like they have a purpose and I think having a real voice where they can make a difference and they can feel like they have some control over their world because I think that's one of the one of the key things about growing up is you're feeling that so many people are telling you you can do this you can't do that it must look this way and I think as soon as these conversations are real conversations about so okay you're going to have to go to school but this school can look like this and these are the things we can interpret and we can move and we can create in a in a global setting you know staff senior leaders um pupils all together then you start to realize that actually you can create your world even though it might feel like there are i guess many rules or or many situations that you can't um, change absolutely and i I think 
it, when we when we launched the app, the app was very much a response to the first lockdown. Some of the schools we were working with asked us um, if we could launch an app to, to to help them to better meet the needs of students. And we piloted it. And one of the key things that we learned um, for further to that point that you've just made is that the most effective um, implementations of the app at, the, at schools is where students actually feel empowered to almost run the app themselves. So they choose the content that they want to see on the app or they identify needs. Um, that other students have. So last week, a student that we um, we had a kickoff session with was saying some of his peers were very concerned about going back into school, very anxious. Uh, bless him, he was actually um, saying he was going to have a socially distanced walk with one of his peers back into school today because the student was so anxious about returning to school and the tests and the masks. Um, so we we said to him, well, would you film a video of, of, of why you feel more comfortable and what the changes mean and, and why students uh, need needn't be be worried about them and he was absolutely delighted to do that so he's doing that with his teaching staff and he's going to put that onto the app but it's just to give that example that yes we are all in it together but that young people have a really important role to play in coming up with their own solutions and that's why um, we are so excited about the app because it empowers young people to be able to do that in an environment that's that's moderated and curated by teaching staff um, so yes um, I, I agree entirely yeah and and, and well, you, you just answered by my question there about the moderation in the teaching staff because I think even just over a year ago the whole concept of videoing and where it was being videoed and where it was being uploaded to and all of those sorts of things is a, is a real minefield and quite rightly so in terms of, of safeguarding and keeping um, people safe generally but actually because of these technologies and, and you know this app in particular you know to be able to feel free that you can do this we know where it's going we know it's helping people as well and it's like you say it's it's ring fenced and it's walled in such a way that it's only going to be positive for the people that are involved in the community i think is it just it's kind of sort of has a sort of a, a breath and a release about it that technology was starting to be a little bit of a fearful thing for people and now is a really positive thing Absolutely. Look, one of the head teachers at a school we're working with said, look, our kids are on their mobile phones all the time. Um, we need to be there too, right? He said it wasn't a nice to have, it was a must have. Uh, but to date, there hasn't been a way of um, schools promoting active uh, usage of um, whether it's identifying resources or, or encouraging students to create their own content in a way that has been safe. I mean, the online space can be incredibly unsafe uh, quite, um, uh, and, and, and on, in some instances quite toxic but this is you're absolutely right of safe space curated by teachers nothing goes on unless the teachers have put it there we just allow the schools to be able to gather ideas from their students and then if they choose to they can add it um, to the app really really quickly so um, it has for the first time allowed that safe space for the um, creation and and uploading of content so moving forward where do you see the app in the in the overall your community you know the sort of the, the global idea of what you're trying to create because i guess the real issue is the fact that you're having conversations and people are having conversations between each other which is the most important thing and if they need support you're able to show them where that is and the app is doing that in a in a, in a fantastically modern inverted commas kind of way so how, how, do, how do you sort of see the app amongst all of those things 
Yeah, so I, I would say they're probably short term and then longer term objectives with re, with regards to where we want to see the app going. So the short term win for a school, and we've talked a lot about the win for the for the young people in terms of being able to access that that great support when they need it. Um, that's um, that's kind of on their terms, but is that every time a young person accesses the app for whatever reason so it could be to answer a survey it could be to find a resource on on bullying or, or low self-esteem it could be to see a funny video um there's some cat videos that students are recommending that they find hilarious that that make them smile so it could be any of that type of content that they go onto the app to see but they have to go past those three smiley survey uh, smileys that i mentioned earlier and they tend to leave comments to explain very quickly why they feel the way they do and what our schools are reporting back is that they discover routinely on a, on a week weekly basis, one or more students who they didn't know were struggling who are. And we know, of course, because of the effects on mental health and well-being of the pandemic, that there are now a larger number of students who have complex needs that need to be supported. But how could the schools possibly know who those students are? So the very first thing we want to do is just to make sure that far more schools are able to access the platform um, so they can better understand those hidden students who have needs that aren't being met so they can intervene and provide support immediately, whether it's through the the app or through other means. Um, longer term, what we do want to do is to see a much uh, larger groundswell of, of students who just embed the app into their daily lives, where they're able to, um, you know, they're, they're looking for something quite specific. They go onto the app, they find it, they can recommend resources. We already have a like feature in there, so schools can get much better over time at understanding what types of resources are best for their students. But we want to take some of that information cross school. So say, for example, um, in a particular region, you talked about regional variations, in a particular region for pupil premium students um, who are girls between the age of 14 and 16, this type of content tends to be the most popular. So we want to start to also um, do a lot around how we can learn um, about the needs of different students and also the best types of support to, to get to them. So uh, yeah, near term, let's just understand who those vulnerable students are. Um, longer term, let's, let's use data and analytics to understand how we can automatically provide better support for those students. And and I think this is a real win, isn't it, of, of this sort of technology now is the fact that you don't need a long questionnaire with every minute detail of someone trying to work out and explain what it is that you need, because you have the, the breadth of people just like, say, using a like or clicking on this icon or whatever, you build that up very quickly and the trends are then suddenly... Um, clear to see and, and and I think one of the real positives of the pandemic for me is the fact that I mean as a, as a music teacher I've actually had to go into people's homes virtually to um to, to deliver music lessons and that's meant I've had a much more one-to-one -one conversation and relationship with the parents for example as well as the pupils which I had in school and that kind of sudden community feel I have a real understanding of now I understand why this situation might have come up in their lesson at school or I understand now why this was a problem it's not a big deal but I can understand where it came from and I think that just came from a different environment and and the app is giving like say from a data point of view, all that environment into something which you can then create from there. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, it's a holistic solution, isn't it? It's it's not just about one area. It's about understanding how those areas are interconnected. And as I said, gathering data so that schools um, at a glance can make 
better decisions about um, how to meet the needs of their students because we spent a long time making sure that the app was as easy to use as possible both for the students and the teaching staff because we just know just how incredibly busy school staff are and that we couldn't be build anything you know convoluted so we often get feedback on just how easy it is to use which is which is really helpful and the other thing that strikes me is the fact that apps are the way people's mobile lives are working and um and and schools do have you know big bits of software for you know um data analysis in terms of um progress and all that sort of stuff they they, they like everything under one roof but i think what this sort of thing is doing and we've had i don't know maybe half a dozen conversations on the podcast now about various different apps which are dealing with specific things. And in the same way as I might have a banking app or a social media app or whatever, they all become part of my life on my phone and I use it when I need it. That sort of sense that everything that the school has needs to be in one place, I think isn't the way the real world works. So it makes sense that actually, you know, specific apps for specific things can work in that way. Yeah. And I, and I also think that there's something to be said from but the fact that Educate is all about the non-academic side of the education journey, uh, because a lot of students will say if they use, you know, some some of the homework apps or the academic apps, those do provide a communication means or uh, with the school. But at the same time, they feel very much like they're around academic attainment. And what they like about Educate is about everything that's that's not that part of their educational journey. So they really do feel that they can be so open about how they're feeling um, and um and, and that's why they're using the app, because sometimes students will just feel that they don't want to disturb a teacher with with, you know, the fact that things aren't great at home because they haven't been given that space. I mean, teacher may be lovely and they and they really like their teacher. There's not an issue there with the relationship, but it's just that nobody has set um, the tone for for um, those interactions around mental health and well-being and what's distinct about educate is it is absolutely that it's about how they're feeling how they are managing their emotions and the different situations they're facing and being able to reach out for support when they need it and they're finding that incredibly helpful so is there a piece of advice or um or something that you would give your younger self? Now we're talking about, you know, students and, and how they feel. Is there something that you would sort of either if you'd known it when you were younger, you'd like to sort of tell your younger self or a piece of advice that you think would really, really support them? So I um so I'm probably gonna give you two because there's one that I got when I was at school from a from a teacher um that always stuck with me and I think has really, really helped me. And then another thing which is an adjunct to that that I've learned along the way. So one thing she said was, um, and I remember we were probably about 14, 15 at the time, she said, be your own best friend. She said it's remarkable how often we tell ourselves really terrible things about ourselves I'm not good at this or I'm not you know or I don't look the way I want to look or whatever it might be and she said you you and, and I mean I was at a girls school and, and and lots of us had those types of issues and thoughts in our heads and she said but if a friend of yours said that to you you wouldn't they wouldn't be your friend for very long you wouldn't tolerate somebody else saying that to you so be your own best friend and 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 do it sort of very actively um and that's something along the years when I would think a negative thought this is why I love the teaching profession because I really think teachers can completely change um people's lives because I always thought back to that bit of advice and I would always think well would I accept that if somebody else was saying it to me and if I didn't then a lot of the time I just decided to throw that comment away um and and another one sort of further to that is around is around confidence and self-belief and I think this is something that I learned more of um, over the years but I think this would have helped my younger self I'm doing things now that I never thought 
um, I could do um, or I would do. And um, and it was just about not setting limits for myself, I suppose. And 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 sometimes if you even if you feel that you don't have the confidence to do something or uh, you don't know how to do it, there's this kind of fake it until you make it type mantra, which actually works. Like sometimes, you know, if you have to give a big presentation and you don't feel that confident or you're not quite sure how it's going to, to go, just say to yourself, well, I'm just going to fake it. I'm just going to go and act like I'm really confident. And you keep doing that. And after a while, you actually find that you do feel much more confident and much more relaxed. So I think those are the two things. Be your own best friend and don't set any any limits for yourself. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things that I know as, um, and I think this comes as a, from a musician's point of view, you know, I've managed to perform in, in many situations over my career. And even now, I still find that the thing that sometimes gets you is the unknown, you know, a different venue. So you don't know how long it's going to take you to get there. I don't know how I can do the physical getting of getting my drums into the theater or, um, or, or the, a new set of management that you're working for. It's not, you know, I'm now experienced enough to know that it's not a big deal, but I can understand why back in maybe my early twenties, when I was starting out in my career, why that was such a big thing. And you're right. You sort of, that sort of fake it till you make it in some way, but also understanding that, you don't know so therefore being slightly uneasy about it or feeling scared or whatever is, is a perfectly natural thing because I do know that then having worked for that same group of people or been in that same situation for a year or so I couldn't be more comfortable I'm the same person doing the same thing but actually now I get it and it's part of what I do and then the next thing comes along and then you reckon oh I can feel that again but what why is that because the situation has changed and I think that understanding that that's a natural part of life and I think the more people talk about these things you know I love it when you know, professional sportsmen you know at the pinnacle of their career they say oh so nervous on that particular point or they you know that they, they hit a tennis player hits the ball into the net it's not like they're doing everything perfectly all the time and they get tight and they get um you know they get nervous and and that's just the way it is wherever you happen to be and I think just knowing that you shouldn't just be able to do it or if it's the first time you won't know about it and i think that's why having the having the ability sometimes to do stuff that you know is 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 a really good thing you know i feel confident doing this whatever that happens to be your favorite hobby or a piece of work that you can go back to and go that was great i loved that so that not everything is new not a new learning process for everything or everything being the next step just sort of mixing matching sometimes and and, and i think that tying in from what you said there i think is uh, is absolutely brilliant yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, just to round off, is there a resource which has had a real impact on your life? And it could be um, an app. Let's talk about apps or a podcast or a book or a film or a song or anything that's just just when you think about it, just goes, ah, yeah, you know what? That's really that's really touched me in a way which comes back time and time again. Oh, there are so, so many. But just to, to give one that immediately um, comes to mind, I just remember um, seeing the movie Cry Freedom. And I don't know if anybody is, has seen that. Um, it was a book and it was it came from a book that was written about Steve Biko. And the reason I point to that is that a lot of, I suppose, the, the personality that I have was formulated in my teenage years. And back then it was the tail end of the apartheid regime in, in South Africa. And I, I just remember getting so passionate about social change and the fact that we could all make a difference and writing letters to Amnesty International and others. And that was that was one of the and climate change as well, as well as, um, um, I suppose, racial justice, because Rodney King 
and um, and his assault in the US. So actually, in a lot of respects, so much um, isn't as different as we'd like it to be now. If you fast forward a few decades, um, but I just I just remember feeling like everybody could make a difference and and hearing that expression which is uh, the only thing needed for evil to prosper is for for good men to, and women presumably uh, to do nothing um and um and and i think it is so important that we each feel that we can play our part and that's why i am so proud to be a social entrepreneur and in an opportunity and you know have an opportunity to actually help to change young lives through the work that i do through educate so i think in a way it was it was it was a lot of what I was I was reading and seeing when I was growing up that that inspired me. As I said, uh, the movie Cry Freedom was a really poignant example of that, um, and also gave an illustration that you can stand up for causes that you're not involved in. The the author um, Donald Woods at the time was was really a, a very actively involved in the anti-apartheid movement, um, even though he was a white South African. It really for me, gave a really great example of, of why we need to stand up for each other. We need to support each other um, and that we can all make a difference. So, yeah, that's one thing that stands out as being quite pivotal in, in my life when I was growing up. The thing I, I really enjoy about listening to things like that is the fact that you also don't know where that's going to take you. I think this is where the whole thing about grades and testing and, and your focus being on something very sort of two-dimensional can be put in perspective you know you know you felt strongly about this particular thing whatever it happens to be in your life you know you're drawn to one particular area and if we take your life as an example you didn't know back then that in 2020 2021 you'd actually have an app which has been developed which is supporting you know kids around you know hundreds of thousands i would guess into the millions whatever your aim is in, in in the long term but it's all part of the same thing you know you're actually doing now what it is that you felt passionate about back then and i think as 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 pupils it's important just to to connect with that i know this is important i don't know where it's going to take me i don't know what that's going to look like in next year or next week or 10 years or whatever it happens to be but i know this is important and as parents to you know to, to sort of hold our children to go great just go with that let's just see you know we don't have to work it all out that's just where it is and as the teachers like you say you know that inspiration of just kind of opening that dialogue feeling like they're empowered to do whatever it is that they want we can't work out what all the steps are for them necessarily apart from where we're actually teaching at this particular moment but we can give children that sense of but you have that within yourself and i think that's why i love the podcast because you, we start to hear how all these things actually are working in real life it's not we'd like it to be like this we're talking to nat and nat has actually created this and, and therefore why can't i whatever that happens to be Absolutely. Do you know what? It makes me think a little bit of that that movie, Slumdog Millionaire. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, but as he's going through the questions, they all kind of link to something that happened in his life. Um, and I feel a little bit like that. If I look back on all of the experiences that I've had in my life, uh, whether they've been positive or not so positive, they all feel that somehow they were all contributing to the the, the social entrepreneur that I that I am today, and 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 helping me to develop a skill set that's really quite unique to me. So you're you're absolutely right sometimes it's just about um understanding that we're all on a journey and that along the way we're going to pick up so many um different um, um ideas and resources and skills and experience that's going to help us with whatever we're going to do in the future um and as i said in, in my case um a lot of those those learnings from my teenage years or some of the challenges that I have are really um what what's helping me to develop something that's really needed right now through educate 
I think that's going to really help so many people just just hearing that and, and understanding that. So, Nat, thank you so much for chatting to us. Um, do tell us where where's the best place for people who haven't come across Educate already to, to go and have a look? Is it is it the, the app stores? Is it um, is it a website? Tell us all the details. Thank you. So, yes, you can download the app, as I said earlier, from uh, the App Store or the Google Play Store. So you can go in and have a look around. That is content that has been added by the Educate team and the mental health um, experts that we work with, just to give you a sense of what the app does. And if you um, have any any children who need to access valuable resources, they can do that, that um, through that version of the app in entirely for free. That's very much part of our social mission. We want to make sure every child can benefit from our support. Uh, but if you are at a school or if you're a parent um, who feels that the school that your child goes to could benefit from having Educate, then you can definitely contact us. You can um, just Google us. We're educate.org.uk. So that's www.educate.org.uk. Um, you can set up an appointment with us or fill out one of our online forms. And we'd be absolutely delighted not just to explain what the app does, but specifically how it can benefit you and your students. So yeah, that's how they can find us so nat thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for inviting me it's been a real pleasure thank you to the national association for primary education for their long-term support of the education on fire podcast to get a free e-copy of their professional journal primary first please go to nape.org.uk forward slash journal that's nape.org.uk forward slash journal Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.